Tide. Welcome back into Tar Radio. You're on 910 AM Superstation. I am Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. Great to have you in for our second hour today. Um, about two weeks ago, we had the New York Auto Show uh, in Javits Center on the west side of New York. A fabulous venue, uh, much reduced venue uh, from recent years. Uh, those of you who have I've gone to the Detroit Auto Show, no, as well as New Yorkers uh, who have gone to the New York Auto Show over the years know that uh, auto shows are much diminished these days. Automakers have found other ways uh, to access their customers when they introduce new cars, um, uh, when they market new cars, when they reach customers. So uh, the advent of the Internet has uh, changed the automotive marketing business as well as so many other industries in this country. Uh, so the, the footprint at the New York Auto Show is much reduced. Uh, you don't see manufacturers uh, there like BMW, Mercedes, um, uh, those uh, big displays they used to have have gone away. Uh, Porsche, uh, not, not there. Even the exotic car exhibit, which is one of the highlights of the New York Auto Show in years past, uh, was diminished from, from uh, uh, what, what we've seen before. Uh, and in its place are things like a big EV test track. In fact, the, the bottom floor of the Javits Convention Center uh, this year was taken up entirely uh, by a, an EV test track so that uh, visitors to the show could go jump in uh, an electric vehicle that you can drive inside, of course, without any, uh, tailpipe, any tailpipe emissions and uh, drive around, get a sense of uh, some of these EVs that manufacturers are trying to bring to market. But there were still some major reveals at the show, and uh, two of them we want to talk about here in the, the, the next hour. Uh, one of them was from Kia. Uh, we'll hear from Kurt Call later in the hour as Kia introduced the first three-row electric SUV, very ambitious vehicle, uh, this uh, Kia EV9. Uh, we're also going to be talking uh, with Dave Coleman, at a test I did for the Mazda CX-90, which was present, which was not present at the New York Auto Show, but is another three-row SUV that is really good, really worth highlighting, gas-powered, and the first Mazda to get an inline six-engine. Fabulous car. We'll be talking to him for the next segment, but I'm going to kick off the hour here with an interview I did at the New York Auto Show with Mike Koval, introducing the first electric Ram pickup truck. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM Superstation in New York City for the New York Auto Show. And this is a very different place uh, this year, but uh, Ram is still here. Mike Koval is still here. There's a lot of brands that don't come to auto shows anymore, but uh, Ram and Jeep are bigger, are big here. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, head of Ram Brand, how are you? I am fantastic, and it is. And there was a buzz on the floor today. Uh, we haven't felt, uh, obviously, the pandemic notwithstanding, but uh, I still very much believe, and we believe, in the, in the value of the show and folks coming out to see what, what's new. And, and, and many of them are making purchase decisions in the, in the near, very near future. So we very much still believe in them. And obviously, momentous day for, for the Ram brand here as we unveiled the uh, first all-electric Ram 1500 Rev. So exciting time for us. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we have one media day here on Wednesday. Then they open the gates on Friday to one of the biggest uh, consumer shows in the country, probably the biggest. It's the oldest. And you got all of Manhattan comes out of these uh, skyscrapers here and come over to see cars. So it's a great opportunity. Uh, like you 
you say, not a lot of reveals here anymore, but uh, you're one of two huge reveals. Uh, Kia introducing their first three-row EV. You guys introducing your first uh, um, uh, electric pickup truck. Uh, I want to get technical with you to start. Uh, you talked at the news conference today about STLA, and you talked about Atlantis. Tell people what that means. Yeah, so STLA, or Stellantis, really, for short, just the acronym for it. Uh, so we developed four uh, platforms, architectures, to usher in the electrification era for Stellantis. So Stella Small, Stella Mid, Stella Large, and Stella Frame. And all the body on-frame vehicles, including the Ram 1500, uh, will rest on top of the Stella Frame architecture. A ton of flexibility. Uh, obviously, the main purpose is, is full EV, but we could do PHEV potentially, just in general and overall. We could also do ICE on these platforms as well. There's that much flexibility in them. But that's what the Stella Frame platform was designed uh, to do. Now, what we announced today also was uh, the Atlantis electrical architecture will not only enable a lot of the autonomous driving capabilities, which we announced RAM will have uh, on the uh, Revolution or the Rev uh, when we start building it next year, uh, but it also enable a number of innovative and tech-forward features for us uh, into the future. It was time, and, and as we bring in a lot of this new tech, the, electro the electrical architecture itself had to be uh, updated as well, and that's what Atlantis is all about. It's proprietary. It's obviously our, our own uh, technical uh, uh, or, uh, system, but uh, but that's what it is. So so this vehicle is, has both? It's both on the Stella Large and it has Atlantis? Yes, it does. Yes. Wow, wow. Yeah, so this is really an all-new thing. It is. It is. And, and what, what's beautiful about this, and we know... Research has showed us that truck contenders are more open-minded to the idea of electrification in their full-size pickup trucks, but they do not want to compromise on the core attributes that mean the most to them. It's the one thing they said, Mike, we'll come along for the ride, but don't make me compromise. Electrification cannot be a limitation. It still needs to tow and haul, and in the future, it needs range and, char and good charge time as well. In other words, trucks still need to do truck things, and I recognize that, and I appreciate that. And you saw some of the stats today. Up to 500 miles of range if you opt for the 229 kilowatt. Standard 350 on the 168, which is right in the heart of the market, maybe even at the high and as it stands today, 14,000 pounds of, that's more than my ICE version, 2,700 pounds of, of payload. And Henry, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. So we introduced and, and confirmed today that Ram will also introduce the Ram 1500 Rev XR for extended range. Now, I'm not going to reveal all the secrets on that one just yet. But if I have 350 miles of range as a standard battery pack on the, on the BEV uh, and 500 is an optional, we're not done yet, and we're going to bring something to market, and I'll tell you more about that later in the year, that's going to offer even more class-shattering range as well. So it's all about the use cases and what truck customers expect. Yeah, I, I, and, and that's what's fascinating. If we, we if we had been sitting here 10 years ago and you'd been talking about electric cars, you would have been talking about a Tesla Model S and a Nissan Leaf. I mean, everybody assumed at that time that EVs were going to be small, very aerodynamic, sedan things. Here we are 10, later, 10, 10 years later, and everybody is making trucks. So yeah, what is it about? What what is what? Why why that transition? Why is truck? Why are trucks so attractive to the industry as EVs? Well, if if I can just even take a quick step back in time, and, and I say this very humbly and respectfully, but when we brought to market, I still call it the all new Ram 1500. We introduced it in early 2018 as a 2019 model year. Uh, it was we we redefined in a lot of ways the segment, and I'll explain. 
Uh, first thing you notice when you climb into the cabin of a Ram 1500 is how comfortable and quiet it is. We've become known for the luxuriousness of our interiors and the attention to detail. We have back seats that do front seat things. They're heated. They're ventilated. They recline. That that 12-inch touchscreen that we brought into market in 20, nobody had thought of that. And now it's table stakes. So right product at the right time, taking a few chances. The ride and handling, right, with the air suspension, segment exclusive. We took everything that our, our, our fans and customers know and love about Ram, and we've electrified it. It's no longer taboo to have a full-size pickup truck as your everyday driver. We're attracting more female buyers, more families. Why? Because it's a no-compromise solution. And uh, so that's what we think. But we, we, we you, the first thing you notice about this truck is this heroic styling, especially from the front end. Um, it's very efficient. We, we nipped and tucked in a few places. We have an aero belly pan underneath. Uh, 0.434 uh, coefficient of drag. I mean, it's extremely, probably the most slippery truck in the segment as it stands today. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty good. But that, that does speak to the other thing that's changed in the industry is is that uh, trucks are the new luxury. I mean, again, you go back 10 years ago, sit on this floor, we would go to the Mercedes uh, 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 stage in order to look at luxury. You would have gone over here and looked at Porsche as a luxury. Uh, you guys at, at Ram, the, with, with the big screens, but the industry in general has recognized that this is new luxury, and that's, that's where it seems EVs are going. I mean, EVs seem to be a luxury segment right now. Well, I, there's, that's the elephant in the room. The cost of electrification is high right now, and I think with any technology, of course the scale is relative, uh, is going to start out a little high, and then it over time will come down. We're already seeing signs of, of some of the the materials that are needed that are, are starting to abate just a touch. But I'll be honest, I, I like you, I'm a consumer, and, and it's, it's not a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination, but if we're not ultimately developing EVs that are available to the mainstream, I'm not sure what the hell we're doing, to be quite honest. Uh, and I will say, the upper end of anything, you could probably say from, from real estate to cars, has, has uh, of course, been more resilient. And we, we're not sure we've hit the high end yet. So what this particular model that we have in New York here is called the tungsten model. So this is a model that lives above limited. Uh, we bring in a, a 10 and a, a quarter inch passenger screen. So now you have, I mean, you have the digital cluster, which is now over 12 inches. You have the center stack, which is now close to 15. And you have a 10.25, 10 and a quarter inch passenger screen, fully visible on the passenger side. But now you can watch a movie or surf the net on the passenger side of your vehicle. But the luxuriousness, I mean, this is the finest leather you're going to find anywhere in the industry. We brought massage seats in to Ram for the first time ever. So your front driver and passenger have, have massage, which makes road trips even more enjoyable. Uh, it just, it's it's a beautifully, it's a, it's a work of art. Ralph and his team did an amazing job on the designers. But again, no longer taboo. It's enjoyable. It's comfortable. It's quiet. The ride and handling is second to none. Everything that our customers have come to know and love and expect from Ram now electrified. Yeah, now, you know, these things are so big inside, uh, you know, you, you, you probably, the passenger probably needs a screen in front of them because <laughs> they can't see uh, across the cabin to the, the console. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful thing uh, inside. Uh, but as you say, it goes beyond just the luxury in this in this tungsten model to start. I mean, you're, you're bringing in truly unique features that electrification allows you to do. I, I love Frunks. I own a Tesla. I use the Frunk all the time. You guys are going for best-in-class Frunk. Tell people what a Frunk is and, and why 
why you can do that. First of all, I wish somebody would have come up with a a, <laughs> a better a better term for it, but that's what it is. Uh, since there's no engine, we uh, we can use that utilize that space, and uh, that's what we one of our announcements today was best in class, 15 cubic feet of space in that front. And I will say it sounds unusual, but uh, having one myself, uh, you find how practical it is. I mean, you're you're how many feet closer if you're bringing luggage out or equipment for your 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 your, your kids' school or, or or soccer games or hockey games or whatever. And all of a sudden, you don't even need to. Ultimately, it will open by itself because it'll recognize that you're approaching, or you just hit the fob in your in your in your pocket or whatever. Opens right up. You throw your stuff in. Um, there's there's power in, in, in you know it's, it's so it's usable in that way as well. Uh, so you'll be able to plug plug things in, and uh, ultimately the vehicle will offer vehicle to vehicle, vehicle to home, and even vehicle to grid uh, charging as well. But the front is a very useful, practical uh, place to, for storage, and, and uh, right now it's uh, looking pretty good. Fifteen cubic feet—that's a lot. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, having an SUV with a hatchback in front, I and mean, you still got the bed and back. Uh, last question for you: uh, There are still serious limitations on on EVs, particularly weight. You got a big. T- uh, 220, yeah, 230 kilowatt battery in this thing um, that really makes it challenging to tow long distances. Uh, do you see the use case here initially uh, to be pretty localized for an electric truck, uh, guys taking it to work sites, uh, uh, taking it to work, that sort of thing? Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think having a competitive fully electric ram in new york city or miami or san francisco or chicago detroit makes a whole heck of a lot of sense uh which is why we think ram will offer a better suite of solutions to better meet real world needs when we introduce the rev xr later this year so if you're in the middle part of the country ram may have the best solution for you and i think it's the class shattering range that that will offer if 500 wasn't enough wait till we tell you about the rev xr as well that's going to be a game changer more to look forward to. Mike Koval, head of Ram Brand, thanks for joining us. Thank you. My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special with 100 commercial ads for a great price. This offers for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Devin C. for more information at 248-357-4566 or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Have you thought about advertising your business on our 9 to a.m. superstation? Our audience is bigger than ever, and your investment will be lower than ever. Find out how you can grow your business. Give us a call during business hours and ask for Henry, 248-357-4566. We will tell your story, and more folks than ever before will come to your door. 248-357-4566. Ask for Henry. The super audience at our 910 superstation wants to hear about you. Call now. The all-new 910 Superstation is your number one source for urban talk radio. If you're looking for the best in radio programming, look no further. You can now listen in on a multitude of audio platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, and coming soon to Amazon Music, Good Pods, and Overcast. 910 AM Superstation, the largest, strongest, 50,000-watt urban radio station in town. 9 a.m. Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 100 spots for $600 with a must-air-within-30-day policy, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. 
Call Devin C. now at 248-357-4566. That's 248-357-4566. Or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside a Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation out in Sonoma, California. Testing the all-new Mazda CX-90, very exciting vehicle, and uh, I'm with Dave Coleman, who is, what are you? I'm the manager of vehicle dynamics for North America. That's, that's a uh, mouthful, so. Yeah, it's rare that I can say it all without stumbling over my, all my, over my own title. Right? That's good. It's a good title. And uh, and Dave's a, uh, a fellow racer, knows his performance, and, and uh, Dave, I love your phrase, the, the, the Mazda CX-90 is the best, uh, way, to, best uh, way to carry eight passengers. Uh, shy of four Miatas. Yes, it's the se- second best driving uh, eight-passenger vehicle. The, the first best, of course, being four Miatas. <laughs> and, that, and that's, uh, you know, you get into Mazda, this is a big thing. Uh, seven inches longer, I think, than the CX-9 on an all-new platform, but you get in it, and it's and it handles smaller than it feels. I mean, it feels like a Mazda, and that all comes from the Mazda Miata, right? That's still a co- sort of the brand's true halo. It, it is, and it's absolutely, it's sort of our North Star and how we how we sort of help keep ourselves focused on what we think good driving dynamics are. Uh, and, and frankly, some of the stuff that makes this car drive as well as it does was developed on the MX-5. Like the, the kinematic posture control, which is this little subtle trick we use using the susp- rear suspension's kinematics, the way that it prevents brake dive by pulling down on the rear suspension. Uh, oh, really? You use that on the Mazda? Uh, we do. So yeah. On the Miata? We, we do. So we have a system in all of our other cars called G-vectoring control that tightens up the steering by using the weight transfer from the engine. And it doesn't quite work right in our rear drive cars because of the suspension kinematics. It ends up pulling down the back of the car. It feels funny. So we really wanted to use that GVC in the MX-5 and couldn't do it and couldn't do it and finally developed this kinematic posture control, which is using the rear suspension kinematics to pull the rear suspension down and suppress the body roll a little bit and just keep the car in the middle of its suspension stroke as you go through a corner. Uh, and that transferred directly into this car. Like We were working on this car as we were developing that, but we were developing it on the MX-5 first, so everything just translated straight over onto this car. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, because and they're bookends. They're the uh, the only uh, rear drive cars in the in the family at the moment, and uh, so there's that connection. The, the biggest and smallest uh, cars that we make by far. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's that, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, of course, the uh, the big news here is, and the the the, uh, the Miata is powered by a four by an inline four uh, longitudinal. This is an inline six, uh, which uh, I'm very excited about. I mean, <laughs> this industry, everything is uh, kind of being forced down the same route. Everybody's making turbo fours. Everybody's making EVs. It's wonderful to add a couple cylinders to the Mazda lineup and get an inline six. Uh, talk about the inspiration for that. Um, really, you know, it, it, when you want more power than an inline four is going to give you, uh, and you want to be able to uh, drive out of the boost quite a lot of the time also, um, you need to add more cylinders. Uh, and the inline six from a, a sort of a purist engine, engine development perspective is the best uh, layout because the balance of the engine is perfect, so it's so smooth, it sounds so good, uh, and the layout is actually really efficient if you have an inline layout um, because the engine's very narrow, leaves lots of room for other things in the engine compartment. Um, if you're going to turbocharge it, as we do, uh, it only needs one turbo because all the exhaust ports are on the same side of the, the engine. Uh, a, a V6 would need two turbos and a whole lot more plumbing. So, so that's pretty universal. When you look at an inline, you're just looking at one turbo. Uh, sometimes they'll do. Sometimes they'll do two in one. In the first three cylinders, one on the second three. What we do is a single twin scroll turbo. So the exhaust housing is divided into two halves, and the first three cylinders drive the front, and the second three cylinders drive the, the back. That just keeps the exhaust pulses separate from, separated from each other, so the engine breathes better and prevents knocking, lets us run it more efficiently. Um, but packaging-wise, it's so efficient. The exhaust manifold's built into the cylinder head, so there's just two holes coming out of the head that go straight into the turbo, just bolted right on there. Uh, any learning uh, in, in terms of packaging? The, the Miata, I don't believe, is turbocharged. It's uh, it's, it's it's naturally aspirated. But uh, any any sort of direct learnings from Miata CX-90 in that sense, having a, a longitudinal I-4. Well, all the sort of the basic benefits of the layout, having a narrow engine leaves you more room for the suspension. So uh, when you have a double wishbone suspension, as the MX-5 does and the CX-90, both of them, the upper control arm, uh, it, the the pivot points of the upper control arms are kind of trying to push into the engine compartment. So if you have a wide V engine, the cylinder heads and the upper control arms are starting to get real close to each other and you start having packaging limitations. You need to leave room around those things for servicing, for crashing. Uh, if the things start moving when they crash, you want the structure to crumple and absorb energy properly so you can't stuff in things in too close to each other, right? Uh, and that, that engine layout gives us the most flexibility. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so more more learnings from uh, Miata. All that packaging up there is very similar. Um, we were talking about steering racks last night and, and again, how an inline six... Uh, allows you to to uh, uh, put the uh, the electric motor on the rack as opposed to uh, up in the up on the steering column, uh, similar to the Miata as well. Yeah, the Miata, Miata is the same way. So uh, again, you want you have to a steering rack. Um, you have to connect it to the steering wheel, of course. So there's a steering shaft that has to go down to it. In a front wheel drive car, you can't get this. You can't put the steering rack on the front of the the suspension because the steering shaft would have to go right through the engine. So being inline, first of all, gives you room to get that steering shaft all the way to the front. And a front-mounted rack works a little bit better than a rear-mounted rack for some real subtle reasons, but, but it, it pays off. Um, and then uh, we also have more room around the steering rack uh, once it's placed up in, in front of the engine that we can put a motor on the rack. And if we put the assist directly on the rack, there's less torque on the steering column. So there's a, the steering column is just a, a tube that you're turning with the wheel. 
And if you have the assist up at the wheel, then your torque from your hands and the torque from the motor are both twisting that tube, and it deflects a little bit. It's made out of metal, right? And so you get a little bit of sponginess and springiness in the steering from twisting that steering column. Uh, and if we put the assist right down on the rack, the only thing twisting that steering column is your hands. So it's it really feels much more rigid and direct because you're not deflecting as, mu- as many parts. Well, the, I mean, the CX-9, you know, most of us thought the CX-9 was already the best handling right. SUV in segment, uh, very premium in its feel. You really had to go to uh, a luxury vehicle to get comparable handling. So so just talk directly. We've been talking a lot about Miata and CX-90. Now talk to CX-9 versus CX-90 and how the, the CX-90 improves. You know, it's funny when we were looking around benchmarking, like, what's the, what's the state of, of the three-row market and what do we need to achieve? We ended up coming back to the CX-9 as our benchmark. Like we need to keep the strong points of this car and then expand what we can do now that we now that we've taken all the load off the front tires. The the, the problem with a front uh, in a front wheel drive based car is about 60% of the weight's on the front tires, um, and in normal driving that's fine. But as you start pushing uh, higher and higher G, you'll run out of grip on the front tires long before you do on the rear tires. And of the rear drive platform, you can balance the load on all the tires and get sort of the most out of the, the whole system. Um, and that's really sort of key to Mazda's philosophy, how we do things. We try to maximize the benefit of relatively simple conventional uh, systems as much as possible. We don't overcomplicate our cars with lots of new tech. Uh, we, we take the tech that exists and harmonize it to all work together and get the most out of it. Uh, and that's really sort of at the base level, starting from a rear drive platform, that that helps us deliver the most from the parts that we, that we put in the car. I remember structurally uh, when I talked to you about CX-9 back when that vehicle was launched, uh, there were issues with uh, punching too big a hole in the roof. You, know, you guys did not want to do a panoramic roof with that car. Uh, you've done it here. What allows you to do that with this platform as opposed to the CX-9? You've got to design the crash structure from the beginning with the assumption that you're going to have a giant hole in the roof. Um, so we tend to uh, develop platforms. Mazda is a relatively small company, um, and so we will develop you know one platform that covers multiple vehicles, um, and that platform has to live a pretty long life cycle. What really defines a platform at this time, so if you look at our, our, our current Mazda 3 and the CX-9, or I'm sorry, the previous Mazda 3 and the CX-9 are actually on one platform. So it's that our platforms are that flexible. So what defines a platform really is the crash energy management system. Um, and so that sort of gets baked in pretty early. Um, and we're putting a lot of load through the roof in that early design. So we have to start from the beginning saying, okay, this platform is going to have to have a giant hole in the roof. Let's manage the energy somewhere else, right? Uh, and you just can't change direction after the fact from an engineering standpoint, right? So now, now we had it in the in, planned in the in from the first point. Now we can have it. Yeah, right. yeah. With a large platform, you're starting at the top, and so you're engineering to the most extreme uh, example. Um, last time uh, we saw each other, I believe was CX50. Uh, I've, I've been driving a lot of. Uh, of multi-speed transmissions, I got on the CX-50. It was so smooth, yeah. and and you said, uh, well, it's because it's a six-speed. We don't overcomplicate things at Mazda. It, it, it's one of the most buttery transmissions out there. Uh, with this vehicle, you're going to an eight-speed. You're going to to uh, uh, more gears. What does that do for you? So yeah, th- there's there's always a push to more and more gears, and people think more gears, more is better generally, and it's not. The the reason we stuck with six gears for as long as we did is if we have a flexible. 
engine that can deliver torque over a wide power band, then we can eliminate some shifts. And uh, a multi, uh, more gears means the gears are closer together and the shifts are smaller, and so the shift might seem smoother. But no shift at all is better than a smooth shift. Uh, and so the fewer gears you have, the fewer times you have to shift. With the eight-speed that we developed for this car is very different uh, from most of them that are on the market. The purpose of having extra gears is so you can slow the engine down at cruising speed and get it to, uh, more efficient as it's turning more slowly. But then when you try to accelerate, just adjust your speed on the freeway. If the engine's turning 1,200 RPM, it can't generate enough torque to speed you up. So every time you move your foot, it downshifts and, and upshifts and downshifts and upshifts. Um, and we didn't want to get into that trap. So uh, most of the extra gearing is actually down on the, at the very low end because what we did is we eliminated the torque converter from this transmission so there's no slip and no slop in it. It's really direct drive. We just use a multi-plate clutch and a very short first gear so we can slip the clutch for a second and then just have it locked in first gear and up into second, up into third. So at low speed, you're just direct driving all the way. And then eighth gear now is a little bit taller than our sixth gears were previously, of course, but that's part of having a bigger engine or on the PHEV having a combination of an engine and electric motor to deliver that torque for those little speed adjustments so we don't have to drop out of eighth gear every time you adjust your speed. Um, the basic premise between our old six-speed and the new eight-speed is that we want to stay in your cruising gear for all of your speed adjustments without any shifts. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah interesting. I, yeah, and and uh, last question for you. I, I, I drove a, a plug-in out here, uh, which does not have an inline-six, uh, but it does have the eight-speed, and it was so smooth uh, that I thought, well, it's probably you know, pretty typical of what you see in the industry these days. It's a CVT, uh, but it's not. It's uh, You're able to make that eight-speed work with the plug-in as well. Right, so so actually, both the the high output version of the inline six, uh, the, the, the Turbo S, and the PHEV have about the same uh, peak power and peak torque. Uh, on the on the PHEV, it's just a combination of a naturally aspirated four cylinder and an electric motor. Um, and on the inline six, of course, it's a turbo six with a small electric motor. Um, but both of those uh, were we can generate enough torque to pull sixth, sorry, to pull eighth gear, <laughs> and, and make those speed adjustments without. Um, without having to drop down a gear, and you notice in the PHEV, you know you can you can charge up uh, the battery when you're at home, and then you can drive on just the electric motor for a while, uh, unless you're trying to go really really fast. But you can get up to normal cruising freeway speeds on just the motor. Even when that battery dies and it switches over to the engine, it actually leaves reserve power in the battery so that it can be doing a blend of electric drive and gas drive. So it has the same performance even when the battery says it's dead. It just starts behaving as a normal hybrid where it's keeping some battery power and moving it in and out, charging it and discharging it as you drive. Was, I mean, as, as, as you went from the inline six to the four, uh, it was, it was from a dynamics perspective, was, was it uh, more complicated to go to a four than just keep the six in there and add a battery? Or is it better to have, uh, in terms of chassis balance, is it better to have a battery in back? I assume that's where it is. And, and, and an inline four in front. The, the, with an empty car with only one person in it, which for a six, seven, or eight passenger SUV, that's not, you know, you have to design for all of those different weight conditions. But, you know, starting from just, just us driving the car, uh, the PF is actually maybe a little bit better because the, the engine weight is a little bit farther back. The engine has a bigger motor behind it, so the back of the engine is a little farther forward, but the nose is shorter. Altogether, the weight's a little bit farther back. And then the battery weight is underneath the floor between the front and rear wheels, so it's down low and, and centered where you want it. So the mass of the vehicle is very centralized and center gravity is very low, which makes it very nimble. Yeah. Um, but both versions of the car, of course, can handle eight people, all their luggage, 
and 500 pounds on the tow hitch, uh, pushing down, you know, because we have a 5,000 pound tow rating on the, on the I-6. Um, so we have the flexibility to handle a pretty wide range of loads in this car. Yeah, it's, it's a great package. Dave Coleman, thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to talk as always. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had no energy. For months and months and months, I had no energy, and I'm a very active person. And my husband was noticing that I was tired all the time, and I was slow at everything that I was doing. And I kept listening to the commercials, and, you know, you don't know if something's going to help you or not, but I decided this was something I was going to do. And lo and behold, in about four days after taking them, I was repotting plants. I was doing other things. My husband said to me, you seem to have more energy. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm telling you, nothing has ever made such a difference. So anyway, I'm very happy. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code RADIO5. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM. The Superstation out in uh, New York, uh, the New York Auto Show, and uh, the big sh- the big reveal here, the big splash this year is the Kia EV9. A lot of anticipation for this car since the uh, concept showed in L.A. We're joined by Kurt Call, who is a senior design manager. Kurt, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? This must be a pretty exciting uh, day for you to finally uh, debut this at the Auto Show tomorrow. We're getting a preview of it here. Uh, at the uh, at, at, uh, on uh, Tuesday night ahead of the Wednesday reveal, uh, um, uh, talk about what this uh, vehicle means to Kia. It's super important for Kia. I mean, this is our uh, you know a three-row SUV dedicated EV. Um, it retains the kind of authentic SUV, bold, boxy character. Some of the ingredients that we had on Telluride, but really pushes it into the future um, on an EV platform. And, um, yeah, it also represents, uh, it's like a showcase or the clearest interpretation of our Opposites United design philosophy. Um, You can see that, you know, most strongly on the body side with the smooth fuselage, um, door panels, and then these very angular fender elements, which also uh, we think makes it more capable, uh, more rugged. Um, We really didn't want to do an EV SUV that was super um, teardrop or streamline or 
jelly bean style. We wanted to have some of this this character of an authentic SUV. So super important for uh, Kia. And, um, yeah, we're hoping everyone loves it. Yeah, I think uh, this is only the second three-row uh, electric uh, SUV in the market after the Tesla Model X. It, it, does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, you could maybe consider uh, Rivian R1S, um, maybe a couple of others. Rivian have three rows? I actually I can't. I, can't. I don't think I don't think they got. I don't think they have uh, three rows. And and uh, of course, Model Model X is uh, sort of in a different space uh, uh, price-wise. And it's interesting because you you talk to folks in this industry and they say EVs don't make sense in a three-row space because it's a family vehicle that's uh, being used for long trips. See, you guys are really breaking barriers here, uh, coming in with a big three-row aimed at families. Yeah, I mean, I think this size and the reason I think Telluride has done so well is, like, perfect for the U.S. market and for our families. Um, it's large enough to carry everyone but not so big that it's, you know, tough to park or, or those kind of things. So uh, it's kind of an ideal size, I think. Yeah, no, and... Uh, you know, you look at uh, a family with kids, and it is, it is intimidating to go on the road with an EV to have to charge, to find chargers, to stop for uh, 15 minutes, a half hour. But if you got two kids, you're probably you're probably stopping every 90 minutes anyway. So uh, infrastructure's, infrastructure's getting better and better, so those things will be less of a worry uh, moving forward. Every designer I talk to is uh, excited about EVs because it gives you a whole different uh, platform to play with. Uh, that I, I own a Tesla. That's uh, obvious in the in the Tesla. You got a, a frunk up front. You got more interior room in a compact. Uh, you take that to to a level here. Uh, just talk about that uh, design opportunity and what what you found here as a designer working with a skateboard chassis. Yeah, I mean. A lot of it, you know, maybe um, is more applicable to the interior. But the flat floor, yeah, that's one thing with a low battery pack. We also have a much longer wheelbase than uh, our IC uh, vehicle, like Telluride. So it just opens up the interior, and that's why they really focused on this sanctuary space with these relaxation seats and um, almost like a living room inside. You can really maybe go up to the mountains, go to your destination, have this this open uh, living area that's very comfortable and usable. I, one of the things that's uh, fascinating about this is uh, you guys sort of th- th- threw the whole kitchen sink at it. As I, as I walked up to it, uh, it you know, you, you kind of got a Cadillac Lyric-like uh, little light show going on up front. Uh, you get inside, uh, uh, family folks who uh, are familiar with the Chrysler minivans uh, like the uh, stow-and-go seats. But Chrysler got rid of the swivel seats. You guys are bringing back the swivels here. Well, the swivels were shown in... Uh, the Korea um, presentation. Um, I don't have information whether they're going to be in, in the U.S. just yet. Um, more to come on that. But um, yeah, there is a lot of content. Tons of content in this vehicle. The welcome lighting is, I think, pretty unique. I don't think we've seen anything like that where it's glowing through the, the body color of the, of the front. They're totally hidden until they welcome you as you uh, approach the vehicle, and they can be programmed in five different uh, formations. Um, we also have our, our signature uh, DRL, the Star Map DRL, uh, very, very thin and precise with these kind of thicker elements that kind of uh, relate to a constellation that's shown also in the tail lamp. Um, so lighting is very futuristic on it. Uh, we have the new interpretation of the 
tiger nose, now more of a tiger face, um, because we don't need that big front grille uh, on an ICE vehicle. So we've created a new futuristic look for uh, EV9. You, you feel like uh, designers are coming to terms with that? Obviously, uh, for, for years dealing with a grill and, and headlights, you, you had a natural human face there. Uh, now the grill is no longer necessary. You've got a new canvas, but it can be awkward because you don't have, sort of have that natural mouth uh, there. Uh, you used to work for Ford. Ford, for example, with the Mustang Mach-E, uh, the, the, the grill is still very much there, even though it's not uh, necessary. Uh, talk about that a little bit, about how uh, you're coming to terms with a new grill. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, it's an opportunity, really, for designers to explore new ways to interpret. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, humans kind of want to see a face in vehicles. When it's not there, it's maybe a little bit awkward. But there's different ways to interpret that face, and I think we've done it with, we still have the tiger nose or the tiger face, um, but we don't need the cooling. So we, we, we have this flush, almost floating panel between the, the vertical headlamps. And I think it's it doesn't look like it's missing something. There's still a lot of content there, and there's still an expression, which I think is important. There's like an assertive, confident expression. And it's shown on this GT line that we have here, and there's also another fascia that's on the, um, in the base model. I mean, I, I, I really feel like uh, because because you guys are having so much fun with the technology and because the platform's so new, it's almost like auto design is catching up with sci-fi vehicles. Uh, you know, you kind of look at this and there's a bit of a lunar vehicle uh, feel to it, like something you would see in a uh, in a, out of a Hollywood sci-fi movie. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you, is there any sort of interaction there with uh, with sci-fi designers uh, as you go in this new direction? Well, I don't know about interaction with sci-fi designers, but yeah, we're definitely trying to push the futurism of it and the modernity of it uh, and really trying to take it away from what's typical and what you're used to. I mean, we're trying to be you know, showing a, a new creative approach um, to SUVs while still keeping those things that people love about SUVs. So I think that's the combination, the good, the good harmony. The, uh, uh, you started at uh, Ford in uh, 2005 when the, the Ford G... 2002, yeah. 2002, and you jumped in with the Ford GT, an iconic, uh, iconic uh, uh, car. Uh, so much has changed in the industry in the last 15 years. Uh, the technology we're talking about on this car is also influencing how you design cars. We got in, in one corner here at... Uh, at this uh, preview, we have a clay model, which pe- people have been using for decades in this industry. At the room on the uh, in the opposite end here, we have virtual reality helmets. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How 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 does VR help you uh, bring a vehicle to market? Well, I mean, like you know, we maybe thought in the past that we'd go just maybe all digital, and that would be the way forward. But we really found like like in most things in life. It's the gray area between. It's this hybrid approach that's really gives you all the benefits of everything. So we still use clay a lot. We do like these small clay models. We also do full-size clay. I think that's still important to get this, the feeling of surface, the feeling of a human touch, 
uh, the craftsmanship and the artistry in there. But, yeah, like you said, we, we use uh, VR goggles, which was so important, especially during the pandemic and having virtual presentations. But we can also, you know, make a digital model after the clay work and then um, really evaluate it in a virtual space. So we try to use everything, and I think it's that's the best way. Yeah, no, it's it's. It, I, I love that you guys have brought us in there and showed us the the design from the the ground up, and then we see it here in the finished product. I know there's a lot going on uh, with this project with this project, but uh, uh, pick one piece out with the EV9 that you really like. I'll tell you mine. Mine is that you can go into the screen, and there are five different front end signatures that you can program. Uh, on the front of the car, so it has a different look every time you walk up to it. What, what's yours? I mean, yeah, I think that's that's really striking. I think it's gonna um, people are really gonna react positively to it because it's it's totally that lighting is totally hidden until it lights up. The, it just looks like body color. So that's one. Um, but I, I think I just love the the general profile, and the general volume of it. That it's that we maintain this kind of upright, boxy, angular design that looks capable, but it's it's an EV, it's sustainable, and it gives great range. So I think both those things. Yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, Kurt Call, the senior design manager for Kia. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. WADL gets a facelift and is now My 38 Detroit. Along with a facelift comes new programming on Mondays at 8 p.m. Catch a two-hour block of Law & Order SVU. Tuesdays, Chicago Fire. Wednesdays, Dateline. More Dateline and Chicago PD on Thursdays and on Fridays. You'll get more Chicago PD to start your weekend. We'll still have some of your favorite shows like Mom, Blackish, and Friends. Just adding more for you to enjoy on My 38. The Word Network has been broadcasting inspirational messages around the world since the year 2000. And we keep getting bigger and better and more innovative. Seen all around the world, we bring you the best teaching, impartation, singing, and inspiration. If you want original programming, we have that too. The Word Network is your exclusive source for all things inspiration. And we can be found on every device imaginable. If you want to be uplifted and inspired, you need The Word Network. My38 is offering a great special that cannot be refused. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With My38, we are offering a great special with 100 commercial ads for a great price. This offers for a 30-day ad placement. Please contact Devin C. for more information at 248-357-4566 or email at d.calhoun at thewordnetwork.org. This excludes political ads. Have you thought about advertising your business on our 9, 10 a.m. superstation? Our audience is bigger than ever, and your investment will be lower than ever. Find out how you can grow your business. Give us a call during business hours and ask for Henry, 248-357-4566. We will tell your story, and more folks than ever before will come to your door. 248-357-4566. Ask for Henry, the super audience at our 9, 10 superstation, wants to hear about you. Call now. The all-new 910 Superstation is your number one source for urban talk radio. If you're looking for the best in radio programming, look no further. You can now listen in on a multitude of audio platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, and coming soon to Amazon Music, Good Pods, and Overcast. 
910 AM Superstation, the largest, strongest, 50,000-watt urban radio station in town. 910 AM Superstation is a collection of personalities like none other. I'm Henry Payne. For the next two hours, the best car radio program you'll find anywhere. Detroit, we like to talk about everything on four wheels here on car radio, but we love our two-wheel friends as well. And the folks I hang around with love sports cars. A lot of them are going to be shedding a tear over the Camaro ending production. But, yeah, there's a lot of speculation about what's uh, coming next. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. All right, we're joined uh, by Ted Canis, who is the uh, the head of uh, global electrification for Ford. And uh, we're at the Ford Mustang Mach-E reveal. And uh, you, you, you played a role out there on stage. I, I, I think, you know, I think uh, Idris Elba maybe has a future in auto, but he definitely has a future in Hollywood. Wow. Didn't expect that one coming. It's a, you know, it was an exciting moment. The, uh, the kind of finale part isn't like the, all the work part from before, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, was, and I think that's what's exciting for you guys. I mean, you've been working on this baby for a while, and this is your chance to, to show your child to the world. And there's so much that's gone into this. Uh, but unlike your typical four-year program, I mean, this was really a tight, compressed program. Talk a little bit about what you guys did to get this thing to market in a couple of years. Uh, yeah, this was a total revolution for us. New thinking about how we wanted to go to market. We kind of had a MAV uh, electric vehicle that wasn't that exciting, and then we turned into this, how could it be Mustang expired? Really cool. Turned the design around with some new beta design tools that we took that took sketches to to CAD in almost no time, and then rethink every part of the business, the manufacturing, the battery process, the shop buying own process, everything. I think, you know, and you look in the space, I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing in the, in the electrification space, and there was once an expectation that this was a granola space, a tree hugger space. Uh, you know, I think Tesla has taught us that electric means performance. And every auto manufacturer, whether they're making supercars like an Acura NSX or whether they're making a, an entry-level car, is realizing that performance is a big part of electric now. You guys are translating the Mustang name to this electric car. I mean, that's quite a, that's quite a leap, but, it's, but it seems to fit. Yeah, it's a really big leap and important for both our, our Mustang customers because we love our Mustang customers. That two-door coupe is going to stay forever. But uh, this is for a new generation who's looking for a bit more. They're early adopters. They're more tech savvy. And we had to lean into things that they would like to have in a, in a vehicle. And that's the kind of things that we were looking at when we rethought the vehicle from the beginning. Yeah. The, the, um, I mean, as, as a guy working on electric projects, uh, as you approach this, I mean, what, what, what excites you most of is it, uh, most? Is it the lower center of gravity that gives this car aspects like a Mustang is going to help the handling of this? Or is it the sort of the clean sheet approach to the technology inside, the over-the-air updates that are going to make this operating system unlike anything anybody in Ford has ever seen? You know, there's so much in this project. The electrification was part of it, but it was just so much more. How do you take the Mustang styling and cues to an SUV? How do you handle, how do you take leverage that 50-50 great balance of weight in the front and the back and great handling in the SUV and low center of gravity you never had before? All-wheel drive that can adjust from axle to axle in a, in a clean way for snow handling and for really performance feel. These were new tools in the tool set. It's got to look like a Mustang, but it, it has to drive like a Mustang. Otherwise, nobody's happy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the world's been accelerating fast in recent years. You've been with Ford a while, I think. Yep. 30 years. Yeah, so you're a 30-year guy. 
Uh, you, you've been in the company. Uh, have you ever seen change like you're seeing right now in the last five years? No, it's crazy change now. I mean, I've been in this a long time, many different countries. But right now, you have the combination of new forms of mobility. You've got an amazing disruption in software that people really don't appreciate. And you have electrification that's changing and creating new capabilities, new usable spaces, new power and torque, and then reimagining the, the car experience like you've never had before. Yeah. I think the uh, one of the biggest challenges of this car going forward is, is the... Um, is the electric network. I mean, folks are going to install chargers in their in their homes, some, but uh, but but folks, you know, particularly out here in California, we got open spaces. They're going to go, want to go out. They want to go ski. They want to go hiking in the mountains. Uh, they need that electric network that we we uh, we as gas users have gotten very familiar with. Uh, how do you guys address that issue? Well, some part of it is a bit of perception change. You know, customers really don't know that for electric vehicle owners, 80% of charging is done at home. But you can't imagine that because you don't have a gas station in the house. The other part is when you look around, you see, well, I see a Shell, I see a BP, I see a, a mobile station. And the electric chargers are not signed in the same way as gas stations. So you have to show them in software tools and in their car that actually they're all around you. And we've made it really easy by creating the board pass charging network with over 12,000 charging stations in North America. Yeah, I and mean, one of the things I'm excited about here is that is you can set up your route on your phone, and then you get in the car and it seamlessly translates that to the screen. The car recognizes the phone app, puts your uh, route up there on the screen. I think that's the sort of thing that this generation of customers has been yearning for. And you guys are putting it in the car, I believe, it, for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. When we really thought about it, we want to make people really comfortable and competent at home, competent on the road, and have the software tools that make traveling easy, fit planning a trip. And so those are the kinds of things that make a difference. And with this car, you can get up to 47 miles in, in 10 minutes, and that gets you a lot of places quickly. Yeah. So the, the I'm, a, I'm a motorhead. I'm a racing guy. Uh, Mustang, is, uh, since its inception, has been at the racetrack. Uh, I, I've been to a couple of Formula E races now. Uh, where do you see motorsports fitting into uh, the electric brand? Well, I think there's a, there's certainly a growing interest in motorsports for electric around the globe. Uh, in this case, more we're really concerned about our customers to make sure they felt it's a Mustang and fun, fast freedom. And so we had the team that was working on the GT and the Mustang 350 take it to the track, put it into the simulator that they use for the first time in a production vehicle for Ford racing, really put it through its challenges. That's that's what you need to promise to the customer. When they say Mustang, they got to have that promise. Yeah, and it's great to have these uh, resources. I mean, it, it's wonderful to see this car at Grattan Raceway doing testing, see it in a simulator that the NASCAR boys use down in, in uh, North Carolina. Could, could you have turned around the car this quickly? Um, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago when you were at Ford? Not completely impossible. One, you knew it was a Mustang. That streamlined some things because you know how it needs to look. But, you know, some of the new CAD tools that we talked about and things like our new CAE tools that we've come out of the simulator, these things allowed us to tune the chassis, fix up the body the way we wanted it to get that kind of handling and the feel and the touch of the road that you have with the Mustang. Yeah, because I, I, looking forward, I think that's one of the really exciting things not only about the production of this car, but the operation for consumers. Is this car is going to get better over the time, over time as we bring in over-the-air updates? I mean, there's, there's, it's not just this is an electric car. I mean, it's really the whole ecosystem of the car is changing. 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the key things about this car and this new generation was really to have an end-to-end -end approach where the modules could be software updated over there when you choose to, and that you could really upgrade your car to get new product and performance enhancements along yeah, the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to Ron Heiser, your chief engineer. He's, he's saying, yeah, he's saying, you know, I can go in there and I can adjust the shocks. I can make this thing handle better. Yeah, I'm sure we might be Ken Block. We'd love to have a Ken Block load on the car. <laughs> yeah. Ted Tannis, uh, congratulations. Uh, it's a very exciting night and uh, looking forward to hearing more from you. Thank you very much, Andy. If you've been injured in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, the insurance companies never want to pay. Hello. Listen, David, I'm telling you, we won't pay. No, I'm looking at the case right now, and you will pay. No, we won't. I'm absolutely no, positive we won't. that you will pay. No. Okay, that's it. No. When the insurance companies say they won't pay, I will make them pay you. Get the money you deserve at GetDavidGetPaid.com. Did you know most vitamin supplements don't even come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the labels are seldom derived from produce. Typically, supplements are synthetic, made in a laboratory. Modern science may synthetically imitate these chemicals, but your body isn't fooled. It knows the difference, and it craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. You need to consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors, as well as whole grains and other fresh food. That's why I formulated Balance of Nature. I wanted to be able to give my patients a natural alternative to the cheap, unnatural chemistry by giving them real fruits and vegetables. In fact, the only ingredients inside of Balance of Nature are whole fruits and vegetables. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code RADIO5. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. This is why you work so hard to pay the mortgage. Because home is more than four walls and a roof. It's that porch swing on a summer night. It's pajamas with feet and everybody over for Sunday dinner. And that old stuffed chair in the living room you just can't get rid of. This is why you work a second job. This is why you learn to fix things yourself. So you can save on repairs. Because home is your place, your memories... Your family sleeping in their own beds at night. And that is why we want to help. We are making home affordable, a free government resource that can make paying the mortgage easier. And now even more options are available. Call 